travelers um how you doing man how you doing ned i'm all right man i'm uh i'm in a calm christmas mood tonight you're in a calm christmas mood you're I'm not in npr christmas mood you're not feeling this ned i'm feeling it right now i'm a little on edge i feel like i'm on edge it's the holidays holidays are coming as you know why why did i just sound like i was quoting trump for a second there holidays holidays are coming uh, anyways coming. not that second time just the first time there you go <laughs> Uh, the second time it was more Barack Obama for some reason. <laughs> uh, the holidays are um, <laughs> we're terrible, terrible. We're not good at this. <laughs> what I am good at is being. Uh, I got I got the holiday blues, man. You know the holidays are coming up, and uh, as they do, I just know. I mean, who's that knocking knocking on the door? Well, you guessed it, my nephew, being like, "Hey, when are you uh, gonna marry Allie in front of Allie's face?" Just like it did last year. You know what? You know what else is coming? Maybe for you, Ned. Maybe a little knock on the door and it's your mom being like, where are my grandkids? Yeah. Uh, give t- me grandkids. They, she hadn't done that. Thank God. Not yet. Not yet? Dude. <laughs> I Ned, mean, they our, asked, but we were like, yeah, nah, don't, don't be uh, holding your breath dog, on that one. Our biological clocks are ticking. We've got my, maybe another 50 my, years that we can my have kids. wiener is ticking. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, maybe it's more our sociological clocks are ticking and man, everybody around us has babies now. That's the gift, the gift of the season. I mean, I was just down in Atlanta with you and yes, Jackie you. was having some beverginos. So she better not be Fregos. Yes, she is not Fregos right now. With with she puppies. Was, she better not be with puppies. As not Jake with the puppies. And that is a good segue to what we are talking about today, which is... Season five, episode six, Jake the dad. I almost said Jake the dog, just out of force of habit. <laughs> We've already had that yep. episode. We um, have had that episode. But yes, we finally get the conclusion since we um, got introduced that Lady was Pergante mm-hmm. in uh, Ricardio 2. And it's just everything about Pergante, Pregos, it all just reminds me of pasta. <laughs> it just reminds you of Prego. <laughs> Yeah, it's a exactly. <laughs> oh, No, there's a, there's, a fun, um, <laughs> there's a fun. There's a fun Yahoo. Some guy did a YouTube video of all the Yahoo questions about pregnancy, and they half of them all spelled pregnant wrong. And it no. was just like, um, <sighs> it was just like, can I eat pastas while pregant? Can and <laughs> the best one was the best one was does sex when pregante hurt baby top of his head. Oh no, I hate that. I <laughs> hate that. Literally, I've I've given that some thought and it does scare me a little bit. I mean, I just don't know how I'll feel about it when the time I think comes, if the time biology, never comes. It will will be fine there. We'll be yeah, fine. we'll be fine. <laughs> you know, I mean, tangent. it's tough. It's it is tough on the male having, you know, a pregnant wife. It's I mean, it's got to be so hard on the male. I mean, yeah, you know, just, just way harder, pains. way harder than it is for females. I mean, you know? I already have like empathy uh, periods every every month with <laughs> Allie. I mean, I just like I my stomach gets upset just like it does every day. Oh, tell me, you know, and so I just can't even imagine tell me she was Yeah, yeah, a real tell me. I'm a real <laughs> if you survivor. You can't tell Russell is is a very ironic person, <laughs> so don't take any of yeah, that yeah. seriously. Just just in case you don't know his sense of humor well enough yet. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm looking up. I just looked uh, pregnant. Let's see things that are popping up: pregnant belly, pregnant woman, pregnant symptoms, pregnant midge doll. I'm not sure what that is. Oh, that's pregnant. from the Barbie movie. Oh, yeah, okay. Pregnant Halloween costume. That's great. That's good. Good stuff. I'm not seeing anything too crazy here. Um, yeah, pregnant in tubes. I don't know what the <laughs> heck that is. I don't know. Don't don't go Google image searching. You might you might regret it. Yeah. Pregnant in tubes. That's got to be a thing. But I'm just going to stop because I'm on, pretty dumb. On Anyways, the list, let's get back your, to the on show. On your Google list, yeah, there's no pregnant rainicorn on the top search bar, which is, no. uh, um, yeah, that's, she is no longer pregnant and she has had the baby. So we, we do enter in on this episode. I think I love it. BMO is just like, babies, babies, babies. Finn's got his best uncle shirt that is upside down, which obviously mm-hmm. means he also looked at his shirt and wrote it. Just that's what I was thinking. Oh, yeah. It's like he was just <laughs> yeah. looking down at his he shirt did. and wrote best uncle misspelled on his mm-hmm. shirt. Yeah. And Jake's got some mighty beans ass kids, you know? They all look like mighty beans for some they reason. Do look, I didn't even think Jake about that. Jake kind of does too. Yeah. Jake would I, be an awesome mighty bean. So would Finn. Finn is a yeah. mighty bean. Yeah. I I forgot hmm. about that. I loved those things. Those things were awesome. I did too. Yeah. Not that but we yeah, can't a bunch, but, of, bunch of mighty beans babies yeah. over here. Yeah, so Charlie, have, TV, Viola. Or Viola? I don't know. Yeah, Viola. When is it? Viola. Kim Kilwan, Jay Jr. Pretty good. And Jake. Good Jr. names. I like them a lot. I know. Uh, I was like, it was, I don't know where Charlie necessarily came from, but I think TV and Viola definitely had to come from just things that Jake likes. I assume. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd assume that Kim Kilwan is a family name for like Lady Rainicorn, probably. And then Jake Probably Jr., so. so. I'm very tempted. I'll just Google search Kim Kill One and see if anything pops up. Nah, it's just going to pop up with uh, that character. Yeah, oh, well. I was going to say, hopefully it's not some sort of like like 1910s Korean dictator or something crazy oh, like yeah. that. Oh, yeah. I don't know. We don't know anything <laughs> about Korean language. Anywho. I don't uh, Yeah. I, I learned one one phrase from this episode, and that's about it. Oh, okay. Well, what um, was it? It was uh, right when at the end when the the kids form kind of the Voltron uh, Rainicorn puppy and Mm -hmm. they come down and form it and they say, I'm going to mispronounce it, but it's Suhag, Suhag, which means mathematical. And so they they said mathematical in Korean, which I thought was pretty great. That's pretty great. That's my tops of the episode, Ned. I got to say it. Puppy Voltron? Yeah, the anime transformation that the puppies do. They've got like awesome powers, lightning powers, Tasmanian devil spin powers. They've got this color power that seems to cause all the foxes to be confused. I mean, yes. if for no other reason than they're all of a sudden a, a primary color. That's certainly a little confusing. But yeah, yeah. Well, it, it brings up the point of like, you know, the, the puppy's powers in general. And so mm-hmm. it's kind of, uh, you do get to see a little bit more of the puppy's powers. And I, I can't necessarily remember all of them directly, but I'm pretty sure it's Viola or Charlie that has the power um, to change the colors. Um, Kim Kilwan is just really tall and lanky. I think he can fly like Lady Rainicorn. I'm not quite sure cool. if he can fly like Lady Rainicorn. I don't know. Um, and then, I mean, Jake Jr.'s is the most obvious with like the stretchy hair. So she kind of gets the most of like Jake's Oh, that's power. cool. Yeah, so she's Wait, so, kinda, but no eyeballs. What's going on with Jake Jr.? Yeah, I was gonna say if I had a most punchable character, no, it's, it's not no. most punchable. There's not really. I mean, the foxes Ned. aren't super punchable, but I just don't like the the 
crinkle face design. You with like son the, of a bitch. How dare you? <laughs> it's I I don't know. It's just it's a odd design choice in my Jake, opinion. Jake Ned, you're you're eyeballist. <laughs> just I, that's I, right. I, eyeballist. Yeah, I just made made up a thing for you. How dare you? How <laughs> dare know, you, sir? I know. But... Jake Jr. is fantastic. Jake Jr. is my lovely this episode. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's right. Sound bites are back. Sound bites are back. We gotta we gotta upgrade on our systems over here. So we're gonna throw some sound bites um, in today. Doug, yeah, J- okay, Junior for sure, my lovely. Yeah, and voiced by Kristen Skull Shaw. Kristen Skull. Yeah, who also does Mabel Pines from uh, Gravity Falls. She's in mm-hmm. Fly of the Concords in the series as uh, Mel. She's also in Bob's Burgers, and that was the thing that did it. I was like, oh my gosh, that's Lois from Bob's Burgers. Yeah, and then I just looked her up and I was like, "This oh, is Louise. so freaking cool, Louise." Yeah, Sorry, Lois I'm, from I'm from on the first Family season still. <laughs> Louise from Bob's Burgers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah I'm on the first my, season still. My favorite role for her, man. She's in Dinner for Schmucks, like as one of mm. like his the main guys, like assistants, and she's hilarious in that movie. That's great. Yeah, see, I liked Jake Junior. I thought the design was kind of cool. It's one of Jake's kids, of course. So I was like looking for one of the kids that I liked the most. Mm-hmm. Jake Jr. gets the words. The only one of them that speaks and like is all about, you know, the manual was a bunch of junk, just like Jake was as a kid. It's like the one, the baby's first words, but also like maybe this baby's just saying it like it is. Like I, I'm, I'm digging this. I'm hoping I have a theoretically speaking that we can get into later. I'm not going to do it now, okay. uh, but I'm just hoping that Jake Jr. grows up in a good way and we can leave it at that. And eventually I'll say what my theoretically speaking is. But yeah, that's my lovely for this episode. Um, yeah, mostly just because of the voice actor, I'll be honest. Yeah, okay. I, I know I like, I think Jake Jr. has some really good episodes, episode maybe, episodes in the future. Okay. Um, and kind of my like semi-spoiler drop is really that we get an episode with each of Jake's kids individually. Um, mm-hmm. So in our common theme thread of bad dads in Adventure Time, um, this whole episode is a Jake mistake. Uh, so I won't even say, oh, what's the Jake mistake of this episode? You think this um, whole episode is a Jake mistake? Really? That's yeah. how you really feel about this? Yeah, I do. I do. It's 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 well, the why? fact that he's helicopter parenting, like hardcore. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that's his Jake. I mean, not like a stretchy power Jake mistake per se. Um, I think it's just hard. I just couldn't even imagine. I mean, he's got mm-hmm. five magical puppy babies. Like that's gotta be, I mean, definitely putting you on edge constantly. He's yeah, but definitely lady being a helicopter like, parent. Lady seems yeah. super chill about it. So she could have, I don't know, told him to take a chill pill. Maybe so. I don't know. I think lady's just, that's her personality a little bit more. I think unfortunately Jake's personality plays into what happened to him this episode. Mm-hmm. Or he's definitely being a little bit of a helicopter parent, but I think he has good intentions. I didn't really feel like what he was doing was necessarily the worst thing ever. It just no, was I unfortunate mean, how it played out. I, yeah, I think it's it's probably in the same realm of like I wish we had like new parents on this episode where we could like actually you know uh, take into account um, yeah like a real what what is the first night with the baby like because um, that would have been really good to get oh my a gosh. first person's perspective. Because I assume that this is exactly how I'm going to feel, where I'm going to feel mm-hmm. like I can't sleep because like this thing, it could like roll over and die, which is like Jake's first night as he's yeah. watching them with those binoculars and 
looks down. He's like, the TV they're not isn't moving. moving. And his mom's <laughs> hologram, just like, you got to check out that probably dead. Oh my gosh. That was so funny. Which points it, uh, this episode has so many funny moments. I really enjoyed this episode, just getting that out of the way. Like it was very funny constantly, whether it was Jake, like drying his eyes with, was it Charlie? Or, or, yeah. No, that was Jake Jr. Which, yeah. Jake Jr. Yeah. Drying his eyes with Jake Jr. at first. Cause he was just like, just so happy. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, it's like, I'm not going to let anything happen to them as he like dries his eyes while he's crying and stuff. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's so good. It's a very funny episode. Lots of good laughs. And the mom's manual answering performs CPR on them. They might be dead is such a good laugh. And yeah. Charlie is pissed. Charlie gets a little tits off here, um, goes, which meh. also is going to play into my theoretically speaking later. Maybe I should just say it. You want to hear it in case it's going to get spoiled? Yeah, yeah. I think I can get your theoretically speaking. All right. My theoretically speaking is that we're going to have an evil baby. One of these babies oh. is going to be an <laughs> evil baby. I don't know which one. I'm hoping... Fingers crossed. You don't have to tell me, Ned, but I'm hoping, fingers crossed, it's not yeah. Jake Jr. because my lovely. Um, and also, I know it's not TV because we got TV in the Fiona and Cake mm -hmm. uh, miniseries, the second episode. Um, Simon Petrikov is the name of that episode. I'm thinking it's... My money is on Charlie. I think he's a little annoyed here. We get to see just a little bit of his personality. Uh, but if I'm taking a bet on who's going to be the evil baby... If there is going to be an evil baby, be no, uh, you're you're close. I mean, not you're not close. Close. There's a, an episode where one of the kids is like technically kind of antagonist. Um, I won't spoil anything else beyond that or who it is. Oh, but okay. also, Charlie. So we don't a girl, get like an evil evil baby. Oh, okay. Well, my bad. No, oh, yeah. You. I mean, you would have known from this episode. Um, yeah. So still, and it's hard to know if Jake Junior's a boy either. Um, or yeah. yeah, I have no idea. I don't. I, Probably just supposed to be ambiguous. Don't think it general. matters. Yeah, I don't think it matters, but interesting. All right, well, that's fine. If my theoretically speaking isn't completely on point this episode, I but I was, that, I was sure hoping it was. And if it was, a, I was hoping you wouldn't say that it was. No, I mean, it's so you're, you're scratching on the surface of a good episode, so that's good. Okay, cool. Um, well, in terms of my, my kickers and best moments of the episode, kind of like you said, the little subtle moments encompasses both my lovely... And my tops of the episode, which oh, is okay. the butterfly. Just the butterfly. The I think it's Charlie like floats up in the air and Jake's yeah. like, no, no, too many germs. And <laughs> just the butterfly shoots <laughs> the most like savage so little like side eye and so yeah. annoyed. I was like, that is the humor I want, like in this show. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was the moment too where I was like, wow, they are growing up so damn fast. What is happening to these babies? They it hasn't even been a day. I mean, we don't really truly know the timeline, but it seems like it's all within a 24-hour-ish period. Something and like that, yeah. They are huge. I mean, at the end of the episode, we get the expl explanation for this. It's because they're rainicorns, technically, and rainicorns grow quickly. And then Kim Kill Wan has a beard by yeah, the end of Kim it. Kim and and Jake's just like, yeah, they're practically older than I am, which does get into what I will say. If there was going to be a Jake mistake, I think think this is one of them. I think there are kind of two big Jake mistakes. Certainly the fact that, okay, they're getting older, right? But they've only been around a day. They don't have much like real world experience outside of the fact that they are like able to walk and talk and they have like 
and awareness and everything. Like they're they've grown up, but they only have one day of learning and one day of exploring and all that. I don't think Jake was in the right to get out of his kids' lives so quickly. I think he needed to stick around or at least live with them a whole lot longer than 24 hours um, to help them grow up and help them learn and help them get at least a little bit more of a traditional upbringing to some degree. Yeah, I Um, think there's some of that. But I also like just provided the future episodes that I know about. I'm pretty sure all but TV move out. Um, TV kind of becomes... right away? Yeah, I think they just like move out right away. So I don't really, I don't really blame Jake if he's like, I'm going to move in with Lady and then all the kids in like one week are going to be like, yeah, we found our own apartment. So like, we'll see you later. Oh, well, I guess if, I mean, if that's the case, I just can't imagine they're actually going to leave right away. Maybe they do. It is certainly interesting though that like Randy Corn's parents were still together clearly in that episode with um, the parents. I can't remember what it was called. Um, but Jake and Rainicorn just have this very um, like opposite of traditional relationship. They mm-hmm. only moved into each other or it moved in with each other because of the kids in the first place. Yeah. You know, and she seems to be okay with that. I mean, as far as I know, unless they're going to have a big like drama episode about their relationship, which to be fair, I think they should. I think they yeah. definitely should, <laughs> given all of Jake's I, actions. Yeah. That, that would, I mean, that would create for have created for a good episode, I think. It would have been a great I episode. Don't, I don't think they'd have anything. I mean, I don't know if they'd just do that because, again, uh, Lady is such a free-flowing, you know, literal and and metaphorically, like, super free-flowing, and she seems to just be really chill with the world around her in general. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if, like, creating some sort of rift in their relationship is, like, on brand for them at all. Hmm. But well, I don't know. Here's the issue, Ned. I mean all of Jake's stuff was still at the treehouse. <laughs> he never yeah. fully committed never to this anyways. <laughs> he was prepared to go back to the treehouse, at least for that little bit. And he never talked to Finn beforehand. Like, what a bomb he just drops on his buddy Finn. Where he's like, yeah. oh, by the way, like I'm moving out. Like yeah, right he, now. You think it would strike some sort of emotional response with Finn, honestly, because Finn has like what abandonment issues, issues and... um. That, like, if Jake was, like, not abandoning his kids at all, but the fact that, like, they had such good parents with Joshua and Margaret, and Ben didn't have his parents and was raised by essentially people that were not his parents, you think Ben would be maybe, like, a little bit more sensitive to the fact that it was like, hey, no, you should, like, stick around and be a dad, but... Also, well, I would argue that he yeah. was he was very distraught. I mean, we see him at the end of the episode laying on the ground, sucking on a controller and <laughs> gurgling, essentially. <laughs> like, was, I think he's definitely uh, distraught to some degree. And then at the very beginning, when that happens, when the bomb is dropped on Finn, you get BMO being like, who wants to play video games? Like, here's your distraction. Come on, Finn. Like, let's cheer you up and, and get back to normal life and we'll figure this out, you know? away from Jake or whatever. So yeah, I think Finn is definitely bummed out about this. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I was thinking more along the lines of not bummed out with Jake moving out um, of the treehouse, but moving back into the treehouse. kind of again, tr- oh, okay. more triggered by Jake being a dad. That's okay with like leaving his kids. Oh, I see. What yeah, that's, what yeah. I, that's what I'm saying on the flip. It's the flip side of that coin of like, mm. Hey, actually like, you know, how important were our parents, um, Joshua and Margaret? They had, they left us all these holograms, how to 
um, in Dad's Dungeon. Um, that was the huge thing with like Finn doing the hologram yeah. with Joshua. Here's how to be uh, not be a baby anymore. And this one was here's how to be. What was the the um, hologram tape called? It was like the best how to have the bestest babies or something like that. <laughs> yeah, uh, beautiful beautiful babies. Um, which also was another yeah, mom's subtly, manual for raising beautiful children. Beautiful, That's what beautiful it was. Baby, yeah. yeah. But um, another f- subtly funny moment was when he blows off the cartridge, like an N64 cartridge. So mm-hmm. that was a good little, good little nod. Good. I I mean, can I talk about another funny moment that I freaking loved? And it's oh, BMO. Yeah. Dude, BMO almost got my lovely here. Almost got my tops of the episode. <laughs> With the when, bread song or the well, kiss? The bread song is awesome. The kiss. When, yeah, <laughs> he's like trying to cheer Finn up, which I love him for that. And then he's like, I'll be right back. And then as Jake is going down kissing each baby, <laughs> Bebo comes off from off screen, jumps up and gets a kiss and then runs back off. I, I laughed <laughs> so hard at that. I thought that was so cute, man. It was really great. I was just like, good on, you know, Bemo's around in so many episodes and then you'll start seeing Bemo get more, more and more screen time, more and more lines in each, even like little moments that he's involved in. Oh, good. Yeah, I love that for Bimo. We need we need more of him. The the Bread Lady song too, as you mentioned, I mean, great laws. Great laws. Absolutely. It's basically like <laughs> I said to the bread lady, what happened to your husband? Is he bread? That's what Is <laughs> that's the bread? whole thing. Yeah. And then I think Bimo says, Oh, and also like I've got a bunch of bread. So yeah. like we're good. <laughs> I love it. I love there's a, there's some sort of bread video game that Bimo's yeah. got. We got to keep track of that because oh, that one needs to go on the list. If we're going to talk top songs at the end of the season, I need to make sure I remember that one. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Absolutely. Pretty good. Um, <laughs> it's pretty well, good. Kind of, you know, we, I, like I said, we kind of just walked through this episode. It's it's not much that, you know, we've usually broken down episodes into like, this is happening and this is happening. But we do have to talk about the foxes. And the foxes, the foxes getting the little golden book, which I was going to ask you, did you ever have a little golden book growing up? A little golden book. Um, yeah, no. so there was this brand of books. I don't know if they're from like the 60s or something, but they had hmm. like the uh, a little like gold uh, book binding on them. And they were like little kids books. And they were sometimes about like a train. Sometimes they were, I think they had a lot of um, Sesame Street characters in them. But the branding is a circle of characters on the the yellow backing of the book. And so the little know, maybe. um Fox Eats the Babies book that Jake is reading, um, that little like drawing on the back is supposed to be like a golden book. Um mm, or a little okay. golden book. So if anybody's they were at my uh, grandma's house growing up. So like they were my mom's when she was a kid. So if anybody grew up with golden books, a little golden books, please let me know. Cause I'm hoping I'm not going crazy here that I'm not the only one that that had that as a staple of my childhood. Yeah. Well, do you, okay. I'm curious now, a little tangent, but that's fine. Are there any other staples of your childhood that like just bring you back when you think about them? Ooh, man. Um, Trampolines, honestly. um, Trampolines? Just like I was a sucker. Oh, I thought you said anything about childhood. No, 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 no. Books. I want books. Maybe <laughs> I did, but I meant book. books. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I was like, Any trampolines. Other... Oh, man. It's uh, like cars, very... but way less interesting. <laughs> Just like cars, but uh, books. Uh, yeah. Very Hungry Caterpillar. Um, Richard Scary oh, books. Good one. Um, the I can't even ever remember the name, but the one with the goldfish that has all the 
sparkly the scales. Um, scales and then yeah, gets the them all the way scales. to the other fish. Yeah, the, oh, I think oh, it's just called yeah. like, the rainbow fish. Maybe. Um, That's a good one. I totally forgot yeah. about that. I think um, my my top two that I can think of right now at the top of my head are Go Dog Go. Mm. I don't know why, but Go Dog Go really spoke to little Russell <laughs> for some Dude, reason. Well, just the animation in that or the the drawings in that. Yeah, um, it's so, so cute. I mean, it's it's great. They go live in a tree for, or party in a tree or something like that. I, oh, I don't yeah. even know if that's like the lesson or what's going on <laughs> with it, but they end up partying in a tree. And I always thought that was so cool. Like all the, yeah, the images of the dogs doing different things in this giant tree. Uh, and then there was, I had a baseball book and I don't know what it's called. I think it might've like every baseball team probably does this, but it was a Braves book and you put your photo and they did a whole bunch of different one. I think it was like a whole genre of children's books, but you put your photo at the end of it and the very end. And then there's a whole oh, cut out yeah. in every single page. And so Throughout the book, it's like little kid me, like the head at <laughs> least the- on this grown man baseball player, Braves player, and is just he goes and like hits a home run in the last inning of the World Series or whatever, <laughs> uh, and yeah, I just I love that. I was like, man, I'm gonna be a Braves. I'm gonna, I'm gonna play baseball, baseball and be player. awesome. Yeah. I love that that's, book. That was so. That's good. a good one. And I didn't have. I had the ones where you had like the little puppets that you would like put through the holes and you flip each page and the puppet like turned into some other oh, yeah. image on each page, but not I had with, those as well. Not one with a picture. Not with your own no. image. Oh no. man. I, I had two. I can't remember what the other one was, but the baseball one really sticks out to me because it does a whole, like the pitcher throws it right down the pipe, like a fastball down the pipe or whatever. And then <laughs> guys, this is why, uh, this is why Russell's just so vain. He just only loves pictures uh, or only loves books where he's the <laughs> you main think I'm character. Vain? <laughs> oh, come on. You, I'm not vain. I mean, go, dog, go. Who's the main character of that? The dogs? I don't know. Well, it would be here's better if I was. Yeah, it would be way better if I was. So would my least favorite one, the one that freaks me out the most. I was thinking of these mm-hmm. foxes with this book. And mm-hmm. the book is about like eating babies and how easy it is to eat babies. What book, what children's book freaks you out the most, Ned? Um Oof. It's, I can go ahead and give you mine. Yeah, mine, well, no, I've got one, but um, I can, let me think. Okay. I'll, I'll keep thinking on like this kind of young specifically. Adult. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking um, of like a little little kids book. Mine is Good Night Moon. I don't know oh, that why. One you out exactly, but I did go back and like watch a YouTube video of someone reading Good Night Moon. I think one the color palette. The color palette is wild, crazy choices in my yeah. opinion. Uh, the bowl of mush that's just left out. Like, what is mush? Uh, apparently, it's some sort of a cornmeal pudding type thing, but I've, mm. I had never had mush before. Like, maybe um, grits, kind of. Yeah. And, but why do we, or like oatmeal, but why do we go back and say goodnight to the mush later on? And <laughs> it's so repetitive that you say every, goodnight to everything, and then it goes back through the order, but in a different order, out of order, and re says goodnight to everything. And the worst of all is this creepy lady bunny who whispers hush i think that's what did it really is it's the bunny the way the bunny is drawn and then she disappears at the end Ned. and i can only assume she disappears to kill all of us in our sleep and that's <laughs> why goodnight moon freaks me out the most i'm i'm with you the anim the drawing i keep saying animation i think that's correct right or should i just say uh, oh illust- illustration excuse me not yeah. animation there you go the illustration in that book is a little a little unsettling not necessarily the most comforting i would say yeah but and also it's all about like good night like goodbye goodbye good night good night good night you know i don't know it's too repetitive too weird we're going back out of order 
all sorts of things that are keeping me on edge. And I don't, I hated that one. I don't know why, but I hated that one. I, I would say, again, mine doesn't necessarily fit into the children's book category, but it was a, not necessarily my mom made a mistake like, like Margaret did, but she would read us um, books before we went to bed. She'd kind of like get all of us in there. And we used to read the Red Wall books, which were like uh, castles and little animals and stuff like that. And the Narnia books. Um, so when we would do the Narnia books, there is the last one is called The Last Battle. And there's some like pretty much the evil character in that one is like a demonic figure named like hmm. Tash, Thrash, Tash, something like that. And I don't know if it's just like the way my mom would like do the voices and all that stuff, but I just had like the most terrifying nightmare as like a six-year-old about that thing. And like literally to this day, it's like top three worst nightmares I've ever had. So, yeah, that was one of the ones where, you know, Jake obviously had this book, didn't listen to his mother about, you know, uh, learning how to fight and protect himself and danger until he experienced it himself. That was definitely one I'd say. Maybe my mom didn't know necessarily that that was going to be such a like intense <laughs> book. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Jake had no idea right when he was about to read that book. That was one of his favorites as a kid to his babies. And even when he shows it to the manual, though, like his mom's manual was like, yo, no, get rid of that book. It's not good for the kids. Um, but what a crazy, funny, like morbid story that ends up being about how easy it is to, to eat babies. They just kind of sit there. I think... What is it? When the fox gets a hold of it, I can't remember what exactly he says, but I think he's he says just something like, they just sit like, there while you out. eat them. <laughs> they just sit there while you eat them. And the one <laughs> fox is like chewing on a rock and he's like, why haven't we been eating babies this whole time? And he's like, I don't know, but I'm going to go do it right now. <laughs> like, it's yeah, just, just so like, nonchalant. Hey, free book. <laughs> Dude, the whole foxes, they were almost all my lovely just because they, I love the dry robotic delivery. I love... The, the comedy of all of that. And they're getting this book and this book is going to teach, this children's book is teaching them, oh, what if we like killed other, like actually killed prey, you know, and actually did what foxes do. Except for, I don't know if foxes kill babies, historically speaking, maybe like human babies. Maybe that's know. a thing. Puppy they're babies, my, sure, I can believe that. Yeah, but the babies were as helpful as they were chubby is yeah. one of the lines of the book. It's funny um, too. I was thinking of a little bit of a parallel between like Jake is so afraid and this is the opposite of how he was in the parallel I'm making. So Jake was so afraid that this book was going to freak his kids out or whatever or like they're going to learn about something about being terrified about foxes or whatever. So he throws it out the window and he's just freaking out about what if my kids get eaten by foxes and he creates his own that destiny. Like he creates mm-hmm. that path his own fear just like how in uh, uh, A New Frontier, the episode mm-hmm. with the Banana Man, of course, Ben is the one who's like so afraid of this dream that Jake had. He ends up creating that dream in their own reality. So it's kind of like that self-fulfilling prophecy in a sense mm-hmm. that we talked about during that episode of he's like, I'm terrified of this thing. And then he throws the book. And of course, the foxes learn that, oh, we can kill babies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we can, no, I, we can go after babies. Say- Well, like I would say, like, I mean, that's kind of a good, like, I don't know, this wasn't my lesson of the, of the episode, so I can probably talk about it now, but yeah, kind of a good lesson that like, I don't know, the, the cliche is the only thing to fear is fear itself. But then at the same time, like a lot of our fears, what we fear 
our avoidance of that fear typically puts people in situations where that causes a problem um, based mm-hmm. around that. You know, like, I mean, good example, like my wife was scared of roller coasters. We've talked about this on the podcast, went to Disney World, got over it. But like the two nights before, she was trying to do guided meditation on how not to be scared mm-hmm. of roller coasters and ended up having a <laughs> panic attack because of it. And was like on the floor at like midnight having a panic attack. Oh my uh, gosh. Uh, from from a fear. And again, it's kind of like, yeah, there's smart things to be afraid of. Um, Being afraid kind of of foxes eating you in the woods is somewhat of a healthy fear. Um, but yeah. I mean, not necessarily. I couldn't even imagine. I can't relate with Jackie there. I don't think I've ever been afraid of anything. So, um, <laughs> just man. Just fearless. Just fearless. Totally fearless. That's one thing we know about me on this podcast. I have no fears. No fears. Um, but, um, uh, that's, I mean, that's a good thought. I think I didn't have as many deep thoughts about this episode, but go, I mean, we really, really dove deep on it. I feel like in, in the uh, final, the new frontier episode, but that, yeah. you know, you're the kind of the creator of your own destiny, um, yeah. based on the actions that play out in your life. So, yeah, but certainly, um, and I, gosh, that's just such a good episode. We quote it so often or like go back to it so often mm-hmm. just because of the different, uh, theories uh, or at least, the different paths that you take and how those affect your future and how th- your future is kind of out of your control. I mean, all that is yeah. just so good. Uh, well, but it, to bring it, it back to, sorry, I was going to bring oh, it back to say, the Fox. It, just, it hits cool. on Adventure Time's existential, like yeah. it tries to yeah. strike existential chords in people, you know? Totally. Well, with the Foxes, I had another really great laugh when Jake mm. is passed out in the field uh, <laughs> and the Foxes go and drag him and start chomping on him. But at first they're just like, man, uh, he's so hairy. Like, he's sweaty. Like, why is he so sweaty? And then there's a quote that I got where it goes, there's never going to be a perfect baby. (laughs) (laughs) There's never going to be a perfect baby. just got to dive right in, I think is what he's, something like that. And I think that's so funny, the idea that there's never going to be a perfect baby. Your baby is going to have, you know, lumpy bread arms or something. Yeah, the the day. (laughs) He's mm, Eat eat that Um, baby. Eat Uh, that baby. Yeah. And then, of course, his kids end up saving him. Um, yeah. And we got my lovely and all that happening right there. But the foxes are so funny. I, I hope we see more and more of them. And is that the same fox? I yeah, feel like we got I a fox that, from forever ago, didn't we? Unless it's intended. In the woods that episode every, with the cow. Mm-hmm, who loves um, the other fox. Miss, Mrs. Is it Fox another is, fox or is it a is goose it, or oh, something? Oh, it's um, it's um, like Mrs. Duck or like Mrs. Goose yeah. or something. Gosh, like this that. is bad. It's been a minute. That that is that, definitely season, an episode I haven't revisited. Season one, yeah, yeah. That's a it's a long ago one, but yeah, they do the same voice for the fox. But I'm not. I think it is Mr. Fox. I think that is Mr. Mr. Fox, Fox. himself. Okay, yeah. and we gotcha. we will have him be cameoed in a lot of episodes. Mr. Fox rocks, and I. Love foxes. They're one of my favorite animals, and they did not disappoint in this episode, though they are pretty dumb. And I feel like they deserve a little bit more credit than that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they can't be that dumb. Yeah. There's, well, Mr. Fox's, I think, character, as they have this moment, I'm sure that was received very well by the viewers. They kind of have him be that mundane, very mundane character. And there's a future yeah. episode where Mr. Fox is like, there's an indent on the bed. He's like so used to his routine. He's talking, going into his home, and he's like, I just love my routine. Look at that indent on the bed. It takes mm-hmm. years to get that. And he's just like, <laughs> it's just a funny little moment about him kind of being like normal guy, you know, just, yeah. just living the normal life. No adventures. Oh, man. That's so good. 
I I thought this episode, Ned, I mean, there's definitely, I have actually some deeper things we can get into, mm-hmm. but while we're just talking about foxes and all that, that, those moments, Jake was so afraid this whole episode for his kids to do something crazy and playing in the woods isn't necessarily crazy, but Jake Jr. definitely found a sword. Yeah, I don't know where that sword came from, and that is for sure every parent's worst nightmare. It's got to be, where's this baby finding the sword? I guess in their (laughs) post-apocalyptic world, swords are just kind of everywhere. I mean, Ben finds them all the time. Yeah. So I guess I get it. Kim Kilwan's like playing with mushrooms, which also is super dangerous if you think about children that just pop a poisonous mushroom in your mouth. So Yeah, that's not um, the best either. (laughs) Again, right right to be scared. And again, he's not even sure if these, his kids can talk at this point. He's not really sure how probably self-conscious or self-aware yeah. they are at this point so which they are, they are but does that mean they die quickly because they age so dang quickly they can't I, right because tv's I would still alive assume not because lady Rainicorn, i think is old like she's older i know maybe their um, lifespan is crazy long like they just reach maturity yeah. very quickly that's that's what my guess would have been as well it's your house canon yes yeah i think house canon is that they age quickly but then live like thousands of years Okay. Um, yeah, I, I like that. Definitely. But yeah, because I think it was, there is um, kind of even talking back about the powers of them being able to like phase. Um, there is a paternal grandparent named Warren Ampersand um, that can phase. And oh, cool. I'll leave it at that. But uh, with so it's kind of, I think like a, well, that's paternal grandparents. So maybe not, but um I don't know. I think it's it's potentially just a blend either of a dog power mixed rainicorn power um, from a long time ago. But yeah, um, going back to your original thought about the sword in the woods kind of gets onto my deeper thought of the episode and the one that's okay. the most obvious low-hanging fruit, but it's like the helicopter parenting. Um, and I think we just hear about it a lot with TikToks, with Instagrams, with people rehashing, you know, trauma brought on by parents. And, you know, the golden rule of parenting, and looked it up, is to do unto your children as you wish your parents had done unto you. Um, so it's, I think that that's obviously the overarching lesson of this episode. But it kind of was like, what moments in your childhood specifically, if you had any, did you either see helicopter parenting happen or even in your adult life, just be like being like, hey, you know what? Like that actually was detrimental to my either development or my emotional state that you specifically are not going to do as a parent. Like, have you thought about that kind of stuff? Mm. Man, we're getting into some therapy stuff right here. Yeah, I know. I wish I had a a better prepared answer for this. I have some thoughts that I think parallel this a little bit, if you don't mind me kind of going off on a slight tangent or like not fully answering you. A very, a therapy level question that you don't <laughs> need to question to no, but uh, I, I just have, don't yeah, have a good example yeah i just don't have a great example but what i do have are some thoughts on like specifically my mom and and both of my parents as i'm getting older i'm a fully grown man and my mom has even said to me like it's odd having a fully grown man as a son you know like i think she i mean she probably still sees me as her baby to some degree mm-hmm. which makes sense i mean i'm 30 years old or just turned 30 uh and of course you know you're at you're you're in your parents house if you have great parents or a lucky situation until you're 18 right and then you're out and then all of a sudden they go from being your primary provider to someone that you talk to once a week 
on the phone. And that has got to be the craziest, the weirdest, uh, like change ever. I could only imagine as a parent, that's a tough pill to swallow. Mm -hmm. Um, but you, as, uh, as an adult, like, and parents have to kind of find that balance. Like, what is their relationship going to look like moving forward? Like, uh, do I want to be treated like their son? Uh, yeah, but do I want to be treated like a child? No, of course. You know, like I want to get advice and I want to learn from them still. And I, but I want to ask for it. Right. I don't want it just to be given to me. I definitely don't want to be told what to do. Um, and those are just like really difficult, uh, it's just a weird line to, to follow on. I think it, parents, unfortunately, they never really have <laughs> like their kids perfect perspective in mind, like, or the kids won't always see their parent through the perspective that they probably should. Um, especially if you have like good parents and you're like, you know, maybe you're perceiving that your parents are worse than they actually are. I think it's hard. I think when you're a kid, like you just have such a limited view on things and you've only been around for so long and hopefully your parents have your best interests in mind. Uh, but that's not always the case. Um, and I hope they're just trying to do the best they can, but you know, like I said, like we just, as kids had a very limited perspective, or at least I felt like I did probably, uh, or I feel, feel like now that I did back then, um, and probably made me a lot less understanding when they were doing something that I didn't agree with. Yeah. Uh, and I, no, I'm I mean, sure if, if you do really think about it, I mean, parents, it doesn't just happen when you're 18 either. Like yeah. parents have to do it over constantly. and over and over again because I'm I'm watching my nephew and new mistakes, grow up. right? I mean, yeah. constantly new mistakes. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, well, and then there's new situations that happen with, you know, like my generation. It was like smartphones and computers and video oh, gosh, games. Yeah. You know, like that being a huge way of like, hey, I don't know what to do with this as a parent. I'm, my parents yeah. were like, do we let him play video games through the night or do we? have to stop him is he going to become like, like some weird shut-in like it's, just think it's about this like new frontiers grade, yeah third grade the sixth grade is so huge of a change and that's mm -hmm. three years your kid is sitting there one day and he's like playing roblox or whatever kids play i don't know I, i'm a, <laughs> i'm am now i guess yeah whatever kids are into right <laughs> and then three years later he's just like so uh like what is sex and you're just like whoa yeah. dude you're in, in sixth grade i am not ready for this and then you got to somehow find a balance and find a way to explain and find a way to teach. And I, like I was basically going to wrap up and say like, my parents were and are great and they were incredible parents, but I don't think they would claim that they were perfect parents. No, and I don't think any of those parents do. Yeah. And I don't think I will be, no matter what it is that I'm taking away from my parents, the way that they taught me. Um, I'm sure I'm going to make the same and different mistakes because I'm not going to remember just like how Jake in this episode hated that, that, uh, manual when he was a kid. Like I think he, he punched it, right? He punched it. Uh, no, sorry. He punched the snake. The snake what but he, he did, did just, yeah. call, he said the manual. He also said the exact same thing that Jake yeah. Jr. said was that the manual is junk. It's, it's totally junk. And that was actually a bad lesson. I think Jake takes away from this episode and my second bad dog that I was going to get to uh, eventually is that he he living doesn't in. learn the right yeah living in a movie doesn't learn that there's no soundbite for that one and that is such a shame <laughs> you keep saying bag dog moments but every time I'm you comment to yourself living in a living movie, in movie. Uh, <laughs> but so he he takes this terrible lesson away where he's been trying to or what's he say like I've been trying to teach you 
about safety uh, without teaching you the way that I learned. Um, but the way that he learned is by not listening to his mom and by fighting a snake. And that is not necessarily the right way for your kids to learn either. So it, it's, it's, it's all dependent though. You know, I'm, I'm thinking about you, you were mentioning the, the yeah. huge difference between third and sixth grade and that's only three years, you know, but I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm, like I said, I was watching my, my nephew grow up and he's two and a half right now. And again, just watching my sister, this is my first nephew ever too. So watching him go from, you know, baby, and it is like every step and every move and everything you have got to be like within two feet of that kid, like uh, pretty much for like a year. Um, and now he's almost three and it's like he can, he was climbing on stuff when we were at Thanksgiving. He was jumping off of the table onto the couch and my sister's still like watching him a lot, but obviously I don't know if it's every one year or, but there's are changes that happen through your development where your parents have to like literally helicopter you, helicopter you, and then let you start doing this one thing. And it's probably super, super scary the first time. Um, so I'm thinking about on the kid's side, you know, when do you let them go and play in their room by themselves? That's probably a huge step. Like when can they close the door, play in the room by themselves? When can they go to the movies for the first time? Um, you drop them, like dropping, that was a huge deal for me getting dropped off at the movies by myself um, and then getting picked up later. If like it's, and it's gotta mm-hmm. be, again, just not that like, hey, you turn 18 and everything changes. It's it's all been that slow progressive change unless you learn that it's, uh, I guess you can helicopter parent and then the helicopter just has to slow, like slowly take off. Like you're not just there and gone. Oh, there you, but you go. You have to slowly separate, you know, you know, the helicopter's like got to take off at some point, you know? <laughs> Damn, um, we should wrap up. We gotta stop right there, Ned. That's <laughs> we gotta too stop good. right there. <laughs> no, I think I think that's great. I think Allie brought up a really good point about generational hurt when we were watching this episode, mm-hmm. right? Like kids learn a lot from their parents and they're constantly observing their parents. Not all of it, not all of it's gonna be good. Uh, even when, as we saw in this episode, like we mentioned, like Jake didn't agree with how his parent was parenting. Yeah, he mm-hmm. did the same thing. Like kids recreate that trauma accidentally or unintentionally that they experience as they were a kid sometimes, especially because being a parent is crazy difficult and way more stressful than you probably ever thought it was going to be. I can only assume. And it, I mean, we saw that this weekend we watched, um, everything everywhere all at once. Finally mm, oh my got to see Atlanta. that beautiful movie. Yeah. That's like, awesome. I mean, honestly, that's gotta be probably my favorite movie at this point. Wow. Dude. Talk about generational hurt. That is mm-hmm. definitely a big theme and parenting and, you know, not understanding your child. I mean, there's so much there that we could probably do an entire podcast just talking about everything everywhere all at once. I mean, I've only seen it one time. It's my wreck this week. I mean, I'll go ahead no, and say it. It's a good one. It's incredible. Um, but yeah, I, I can, I just can't even imagine, man. One day we'll probably in, be in some sort of a situation where we have a kid or maybe another dog. And <laughs> maybe, maybe, you dog, know, maybe kid. Maybe, yeah, but maybe that's, two dogs, three dogs. Maybe I'll go to go for 10. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's, and that's, uh, I gosh, I just have like so much to say about it, but I'm not going to say that much about it, but it's a huge thing. Again, we're going back to my cyclical full circle lesson of this whole show is just like how much like self-awareness um, is a huge part of not just your own life, but again, your kid's life, you are going to recreate the traumas that happened to you that you resent from your own childhood. And like, if you don't process that, if you don't learn from that, if you don't forgive from that, 
um, you'll ne- you'll end up doing it yourself. You know, like I if if I don't process um, some of the, you know some of the my dad was a great dad. Don't get me wrong, but just a lot of the ways he would just do like discipline and like uh, talking to me like really sternly all the time. That you know it really wigged me out as a kid and processing it as an adult's healthy. But then also I, if I don't really process that and be like, I have to make sure I don't do this to my kid. Like I will end up doing the same thing because it's just yeah. like, it's a very, um, I don't know, innate, like ingrained feature in us to parent like our parents. Um, very it's odd. interesting that, I mean, we come from a generation and I know this is true for you and true for me as well. Our parents are divorced. We come from, I guess, it's broken families, if you will. You know, Ali's parents uh, are divorced. I mean, so many of my friends are the case and whether it happened early on, like I was six when it happened or if it happened when you went to college and all of a sudden it's just them in the house and they don't need to be together until you turn 18 or whatever situation. Like I bet that, I mean, I'm just, I'm very curious how it's going to play out with our generation, but I can only imagine that has affected us in some ways, probably subconsciously that mm-hmm. we don't even recognize yet. You know, or like, I know, like I'm, I mean, gosh, I pray, I hope I never end up getting a divorce, you know, like whenever it is that I get married, like I can only uh, imagine you feel the same way. (laughs) Oh yeah. A lot, a lot of, you know, me and finding my wife was a huge, that was a huge lesson I learned from like when my parents split, because I was 17, I really got to see on a day-to-day basis how it affected my mom, how it affected my little sister, how it affected me was like very aware of what was happening on a day-to-day basis. And I was like, you know, as a little kid, you know, you're hurt, but you don't really get to see it from your parents' perspective, financial perspectives. Um, it was just like, holy Yeah, they're shit, probably this, not telling is, you the whole truth as well, you know, yeah, whatever that I, means. I got actually a whole lot of the honest truth from my mom, which yeah. is a little bit like why I snapped and I was like, okay, well, I will absolutely not marry a woman that I'm, not sure about, you know, and I do not. Well, isn't that crazy too to think about like, I mean, because I've had my mom, you know, talk to me about things that I was like, I don't, I don't know if you should be like, <laughs> like, I'm not your therapist and also I'm your child, mm-hmm. you know. Like, oh, trust me, dude. I don't really need to every, know. <laughs> it's every time I go home, I yeah. almost, my mom's like, I'm sorry if I overshared. I'm like, yeah, you kind of did. I, you, yeah. you do it every time. So I have expect it, but yeah. Um, Jeez, and, yeah, I didn't think I'd be talking that much about that, but and it's on hey, the topic. Okay. It's on the topic of this episode yeah. of like, again, kind of like you said, and it, it, uh, oh gosh, generational trauma. I'm like losing my words. Yeah. Or um, generational hurt. Either way, generational I mean, hurt. Generational very similar. On the on the flip side of that, I think that generational hurt can be processed and rephrased into generational lesson learning. Um, yeah, and that's still yeah. like you can't be like, oh yeah, like my parents suck and everything they did was awful that you can say, Hey, like I may have been hurt and stuff, but I've learned from this. So like, I'm grateful for my experiences. Even if I got hurt, it's a good lesson for me to learn. So I can make sure I don't do that for my kids and kind of yeah. spinning it in that positive light. It's not a bad thing, you know? Yeah. I mean, here's the thing Ned. I'm very curious to see more of how Joshua parents Jake and how Jake's mom also parents Jake. Now that we've seen a little bit of Jake's style, I want to see if it reflects his style. And then I also would get to see more of Jake and his kids. I know there's an episode of Carboards in the future 
involving Jake and one of his kids, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't I'm know how far out that sure is. I'm pretty sure he takes, um, I think he takes Jake Jr. No, sorry. He takes um, Charlie to a Card cool. Wars tournament. Okay. Um, so there's that but, one. Yeah. Does I'm it just, sound I'm like a villain even... story? So my theoretically speaking is definitely <laughs> wrong. <laughs> um, in a way, Charlie and he's is Kaiba. He, he Charlie's a somewhat Jijuner involved in Dark... or Charlie's Kaiba. <laughs> Charlie's kind of got this um at that episode at least. And again, viewers, correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's Charlie. Uh, is into like tarot cards and kind of like dark mm. stuff. Um, so kind of getting into that pet butt mentality. Yeah. What it do, Yugi? I'm what just going to spoil it for you here. Uh, no, don't spoil it for me. I don't okay, want to okay, know. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, not. Yeah. It's those episodes kick off, and it's not like a huge like reveal what his kids That's are doing. Fine. We've been spoiling um, so much recently. Let's let's yeah, let's wait. Let's, well, I'll I'll let that one like simmer for a little bit. But okay. Oh man, do you have um uh, uh, some official lessons? Even though I think we nailed down all of our lessons through our deep thoughts. Um. Yeah, I, I think I do have. I've got two lessons for us. Uh, the first one is. They grow up so fast. And uh, by that, I mean my friend's kids uh, and also my <laughs> nephew and my niece. Uh, I was thinking about this the other day. My nephew used to be so small. And it feels like, I mean, it was five years ago, but it feels like so recently that I could just lift him up with one arm. And now I think he's in eighth grade. I should probably know this. I should probably know the age of my <laughs> only nephew, but I think he's in eighth grade and he's definitely taller than his mom is now. And I think he's going to be a whole lot taller than I am at some point soon. So that freaks me out just a little bit. But that's my first lesson. Uh, they grow up fast, you know? I don't know. I'm not sure what I'm getting from that, but that's my first lesson. My second one is, oh man, uh, there's never going to be a perfect baby. That's there's what I learned. Be a there's just baby. never going to be a perfect baby. It's all right. Um, that's a good one. <laughs> that's all right. Mine is uh, don't be a helicopter parent, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, babies taste better than rocks. Ooh. Good lesson. Interesting. Uh, and never insult a butterfly is my main lesson. Yeah. Because they'll probably uh, kill you in your sleep. Because <laughs> also, a- you're my butterfly sugar baby. I mean, come on. Don't be insulting <laughs> butterflies. Oh, man. Well, I, ha- I had a wreck for this week. <laughs> Just uh, getting out of the lessons. I'm, I'm a yeah, little deep-talked out for what sure. What is it? Um, it does not... Stem as good as your um, your recommendation, but mine is okay. uh, Ace Hardware of all things. <laughs> okay, been a huge part oh, of my life in the showing last. Your few age, weeks. Real, showing your age, bro. Really showing your age here. It was uh, the fact that this Ace Hardware by our house, man. We went and got our Christmas tree there this week. Beautiful okay. Christmas tree, perfect shape. Like, yeah, tell me it, all about that. Really Christmas healthy. Tree. But this Ace Hardware, man, I'm telling you, I I go down there for yard stuff. I go down there for house stuff. I get my, there's, they have a beer bread there that all you do is pour beer in there and then bake it in the oven and it turns into bread. Magic. This is terrible. This is terrible. Um, it's Ned, fantastic. You, it's a beautiful place. You are scaring me right now with this subject <laughs> that you're talking about and how you're talking about it. Uh, I almost, this is more terrifying than uh, Goodnight Moon, honestly. This, <laughs> I, I meant to scare you. This is the worst. Hey, this uh, is about but, this is about parenting and becoming adults, and, and my first step <laughs> into that is spending Saturdays down at Ace Hardware. And there you go. Hey, that's fine, man. I mean, I, I'll get there eventually. I don't think I'm quite there yet. <laughs> I mean, I do enjoy a Lowe's run occasionally, mm-hmm. uh, especially for a yard tool. There is something nice about. Gosh, I'm turning into my dad. There is something the nice smell about of Lowe's on a Saturday morning. Wake you up. No, man. just being in the yard and like planting. Like I planted a tree in the 
front yard of the rental home that I <laughs> rent in yeah. Nashville. They, my landlord said it was cool, uh, you know, <laughs> so I got permission. And, but I kind of got tricked into it by my neighbor, who is the tree captain of our block. And she is very gung-ho about trees. Anyways, that's a rant for another day. Ned, I do have a traveler's log. I think we should get okay. to the traveler's log if you're right Yes, that. yes, please do. Uh, today's traveler's log is from Holly, uh, AKA DJ Holly Jolly's secrets, which freaking hey. awesome. A great DJ name. Uh, we're actually bringing it back to Fiona and cake. Uh, Holly's, I do want to say the subject line is great as hello, fellow travelers. Oh wait, I think that's your line. So I really enjoyed <laughs> that when I read that. Um, so we're just going to read one of them. We'll come back to the other one later because we're not on season six yet. So I don't want to like rush into any spoilers mm-hmm. for me yet, but it's really quick. Uh, for the Jerry episode from Fiona and Cake, which is, I think we had a one on Jerry last week, actually. So that's pretty fun. I think yeah. the monkey's paw of the lich wishing for all life to be extinct uh, is that he has to continue to live through it, to be uh, conscious during all of it. Uh, centuries of sitting in a room, probably bored out of his mind, eventually becoming depressed and hitting himself, I suppose which I totally agree with that. I think we even talked a little bit about uh, him having his own, like the Lich clearly has a monkey's paw and the fact that he has nothing to do. And so I think we're like on the same wavelength entirely. What are your thoughts on that, Ned? Yeah, I mean, it's, you can either go with that's the monkey's paw or like, what was it? The, um, I mean, yeah, it's, it's weird because you think if all life ceased to exist, like, first of all, does the Lich have life? And if he is alive, technically he he didn't eliminate all life from the world. It's because he's still living, um, and that's mm. maybe the catch twenty two. Is that that's kind of technically yeah. he would find peace until he was gone. Um, so he has to live out his days in misery as yeah um, a, a life without a purpose anymore. So kind of contradicting himself because yeah. him being alive doesn't necessarily fully satisfy what he thought. Uh, glob wanted in the first place so yeah that's fascinating you could also what the the flip side of that coin is what thanos from the avengers being like and once i'm done with my mission i he goes and disappears and he just basks in the work that he's done um and finds peace in that so i've i've seen narratives and stories where you can bask in the peace of your um your purpose per se without having Be like being miserable but if that's like if there is no end to that and you pretty much have to have completed your purpose forever like how long does it take before you go crazy yeah that's interesting well so the the end of this traveler's log is kind of getting into you know uh praising about how amazing we are um <laughs> <laughs> i'm just messing but she does say uh anyway love the pod I rewatched Adventure Time uh because of Fiona and Cake and I work as a housekeeper so I'm listening to the podcast constantly I just Googled Adventure Time Podcast, and yours was the first that showed up. Uh, I actually used to watch Adventure Time a lot in high school, then stopped around season five because of life and stuff. Then Fiona and Kate came out. I binged the whole thing uh, and then went back to finishing the last of the seasons of Adventure Time. So kind of similar to the to where Russell is currently. Uh, I don't think Fiona and Kate exposed too much of the show, and I actually enjoyed watching it in that order. Anyway, sorry this was so long. Keep doing what you're doing. And then P.S., you mentioned in one of your episodes that you don't think you have anyone from North Dakota listening because no one lives there. Well, I live here. Yes, there are people who <laughs> live there. We got one. 
No, we aren't stuck in the 90s. That gave me a good laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh my gosh. Here, You know what? DJ, hello, draw the secrets. I challenge you. There is no one in South Dakota that listens to us. In fact, I don't think there's anyone yeah, that lives in South Dakota. Uh, and also, I think you're lying. I think that's a total lie. I don't think you live in North Dakota anyways, because <laughs> no one lives in North Dakota. And I don't know. It seems silly to me. Um <laughs> That is so funny. Uh, That's crazy. <laughs> I love all the BMO love you, uh, you guys have. BMO is my all-time favorite character. In fact, my aunt crocheted uh, me a little stuffed animal BMO, uh, and she sent a pic of it, and it is mighty adorable. Thank nice. you, DJ Holly Jolly Secrets. That was a freaking awesome uh, Traveler's Log, especially the bit about you being in North Dakota, North what a Dakota. lie. <laughs> I mean, don't look, write in, y'all. If y'all want to write into the Traveler's Log, please do. Uh, theories, opinions, thoughts, whatever, nea.travelerslog at gmail.com. I prefer if you don't lie to us about living in North Dakota, if you're going to do that, though. Seems a little, seems a little, seems a little, uh, dishonest. Seems a little low, but also yeah. a good segue <laughs> of I want to, I want to see the picture of this, um, crocheted yeah. BMO, which I think I'll will go in the Discord. Um, so yeah, if I'll you want to follow Discord. us on Discord, um, join our Patreon. You'll be in the in the Discord. Mm-hmm. Um, we got people. You'll get a sticker in there. You'll have a little community of everybody who likes to talk about the podcast, about Adventure Time, about cool tattoos of the Lich and cool crocheted BMOs and like the whole nine yards. So it's if you're looking for the community of a show that's long been done, kind of, except for Fiona and Cake, but mm-hmm. long been done. This is the community for you for sure. Yeah, yeah, and you can join the Patreon, Patreon.com. Never Any Adventure Podcast for only a dollar a month gets you access to the Discord. You don't have to do the $5 option or the $10 option. In fact, the 5 and the $10 option are the same. Uh, if you can give 10 we really appreciate that. No pressure. But if you do 5 or 10 you do get access to the NEA and Beyond Podcast, which is our secondary podcast that we started just for the Patreon Ned, me and you were about to talk about drinking, I think, on drinking NBA and NBA. alcohols on that podcast. Yeah. So more adult topics, except more for, adult topics. I don't know, parenting don't, is also a very adult topic. We've talked about this in the past, though. We don't necessarily endorse drinking, but we do it. And so we're going to talk about it. And we're going to tell so, some stories about our first time drinking and some maybe some good memories, some bad memories. And I think it's going to be a really fun conversation. But anyways... Check us out at Instagram at Neverending Adventure Podcast, Twitter at NEA underscore podcast. Uh, again, Travelers Log, or the Travelers Log is NEA.travelerslog at gmail.com with one L. Uh, we've got so many, and I think it's going to be really great having a Travelers Log like every week for a couple weeks here. Y'all have a great holiday season. I'm assuming this is coming out before the end of the year. <laughs> so, yes, this should uh, be coming up. We've got um, technically tomorrow our first come back in from Fiona and cake is releasing tomorrow morning. Good. So that's great. Um, yes, we will be close to the holiday season come this release. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Uh, I'll leave you with my thoughts when I'm thinking about wrapping up this episode. It's kind of a lesson, but I, I'm trying to do this better. I'm trying to think, trying to see conflicts that I have with my parents from my parents' perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that plays into my lesson that I was talking about, or really what I was talking about earlier. Uh, with us as kids having a little bit of a limited perspective, but I think it could help us resolve some things. I don't necessarily mean your parents are always right because they ain't. They ain't always right for they sure. That's right. But but yeah, if if you're old enough to be listening to this podcast, you're old enough to have 
an, a, a wider perspective of your yeah. parents' perspective. Yeah. I, I agree. So y'all, regardless, whatever you do with our terrible advice uh, this week and our thoughts, I I just hope you have a good holiday season and I hope you party all the way through it and forever as well. And you know, I ho, ho, ho loved you guys. Thank you.